1: Hey PPC friends, it's another episode of PPC Rockstars, and this week we have a little bit of uh, a different approach for you. Um, Instead of talking about uh, PPC tactics, we're going to be talking about the bigger picture. We're going to be talking with Eric Wheeler, uh, co-founder and CEO of a company called 33 Across. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. And, and uh, first of all, um, help our listeners understand what 33 Across is and what you guys do. Sure. 33 Across is a technology company
2: focused on solving the challenge of consumer attention in a world of automated advertising. Uh, simply what we do is we built in a, a, a platform called the Attention Platform that is the first platform to bring together uh, in a programmatic world uh, very high-impact ad formats, quality supply, and true technology scale. And okay. we do that We do that today
1: in the U.S., in Europe, and in Japan. Gotcha. Now, most of our listeners are familiar, or all of our listeners are familiar, uh, with Google AdWords and Google AdWords um, display advertising. Um, is there a comparison between what they do and what you do? Yeah, in fact, um we have a big partnership
2: with Google. So many, if you're using Google Display products, you're you're uh, you're often included. Uh, you're, you're buying our supply. Oh. Uh, and, and our supply is is one of the um,
1: uh, products uh, that you're targeting. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. Well, that's good to know. Well, um, Eric, you uh, caught my attention because you uh, had uh, some theories about what's going to be happening with the U.S. economy. Uh, not in the not too distant future, and how digital marketers should should prepare and contend with that. So, um, what does that mean? Well, I mean, I think the 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 question is, you know, uh, there there.
2: When we look out at uh, 2019 and, and maybe into 2020, we'll we'll see how things go. But it, it's just a real question of uh, of how much longer our economy can continue to grow, given. Uh, what is likely to be some economic instability globally perhaps economic instability in the u.s. and certainly some political instability if not globally brexit things like that certainly things in the u.s. you know we've learned terms like suborning perjury and things like that that right. you know i didn't even know about uh that now apparently uh you know we we've we've got a we've got things that are moving ahead that doesn't bode well for stability uh and so you know, I've uh, I founded the company eleven years ago. I've been doing this for a long time and been through a few recessions. And you know that the you can see the writing on the wall, So the 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 thing that I've been thinking a lot about is how are we as a company and how can any entrepreneur pre- prepare themselves for what is you know likely to be some kind of pullback and how can you be in the best position uh, if that were to happen?
1: Well, um, I don't think many people would disagree with you. Um, I guess uh, the the question is about the timing what 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 do you think the uh, uh likely timing is
2: yeah so it 's funny we you know uh, without sharing too much confidentially i mean we we were you know we at a, at our board level we were we were expecting we the worst was we were expecting crap something in in q one wow. on wood that 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 isn 't happening but but the key there is that we were prepared for it right so we we're looking at the the indicators and markers in our business about how our business may be uh, and what's driving acceleration and or things that might drive some kind of deceleration and those key early indicators of that. And should we start to see that, then we've got some plans in place so that we can make sure we still deliver growth and profitability, even in a down year. Um, now that it, we're, we're coming to the end of February, I actually am feeling more positive uh, that this isn't a first half thing. Uh, this could be a second half, uh, a second half scenario but uh uh you know it's it's something that we're we're tracking basically uh you know every every twenty
1: days so so what um what in particular effect would this have on digital marketers Well, I think in general um any time
2: that there's a pullback uh from a recession standpoint the f- the first thing to go is marketing right so right. Point. E- every cFO sits back and says, "All right, where can we cut where yep. can we where can we?" Pull back. What is uh, what is necessary marketing spend that's going to drive cu- customer and customer acquisition, and what is what is deemed kind of unnecessary or uh, you know more more strategic spend. So the brand dollars are the first things that go that 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 pull away, right? So customer acquisition might stay, but that that also is going to get under pressure. Testing yep. on new environments, new products, new things are are going to get shut down uh, in a recession, and you're going to see. Um, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a as any and again, you think have to think about CEO and CFOs of every one of your customers are going to say, "Hey, how how do we make how do we make sure this is going to work?" Right. And in in that environment, uh, you you there's going to be a short list drawn, and uh, who is necessary? Who is a must buy for us to keep the current flow of new customers, cross sell, upsell, whatever the 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 product position and value from a marketing standpoint is going to happen and and uh, you obviously in those in those situations want to be above that cut line well,
1: what do you do <laughs>
2: <laughs> well hope isn't a strategy right so uh, you know and I think um, the you know we're, we you know barring something you know horribly tragic happening. The, there are signs right, so we can start to see, and so the first thing you I think you need to do as a, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner uh, is look at the things that drive growth for you and 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 really start to understand how much of your revenue today is coming directly from customers that you have relationships with versus kind of indirectly, okay. and you got to understand that and kind of that mix and and in that kind of world of direct connectivity and 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 where you have those direct relationships how many of those customers are you a must buy? How, where, where they rely on you, where they know you, um, they need you, you fit a part of the, the marketing mix for, for that customer um, to drive um, continued growth, value, et cetera. Okay. And you gotta be honest right and when, and the hard part is when when the market's up, hey, we're all doing well, look at us, oh, awesome, numbers are up, yeah, another high quarter, high five, ooh q four, woo, uh, and there's indiscriminate spending that's gonna that may that's likely to go away, so the the if you have some percentage of your business that is let's say fifty percent of it is direct customer relationships where you own those relationships and you're super solid, um you need to make sure that floor is there, and then uh. How are you going to be uh and, and and what is that value proposition that you're offering? What is that single minded kind of uh really, you know, how are you irresistible? Uh and how are you how are you messaging that? How is that value value proposition coming across in everything you do, every every customer touch point? We can go into more details, but but I mean it's 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 critical to kind of have that understanding. Sure. Um, I think I was talking with uh, Mike Kelly, who's a, just an amazing friend. And he did he, he, 33 across and to many of us in the industry. And he, we were on a panel and he said something really interesting. He said, you know, when the tide goes out, you see who's not wearing a bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it, you don't want to be, you know, in that situation, tide goes out and then all of a sudden these customers you thought were loyal are not. Yeah. So you you need some kind of uh, acid test to customer uh, loyalty, and the more that it's a good, healthy thing to do in a in a in a in an up market, but certainly in a in a, uh, also in a down market. Sure. S- certainly in a down market. Sure.
1: Now, um, will there be any kind of different effect, whether uh, based on whether the company is B to C or B to B? Yeah, it's funny.
2: And I've been, I spent a lot of my career before this company on the B2B side. Um, and now we have a nice mix of kind of in our company, both B2B and B2C. I I think it hits everyone. I think you're talking, um, equally though, when, when recessions hit, you're, you're, um, you'll see a lot of consumer spending going down, uh, in from a, from a performance standpoint, anything that's, uh, PPC driven or acquisition driven and you have the metrics that align you generally have more stability in that business versus um CPM based buying okay. so you've got more stability in that but you you're still going to be pressure and so i in, i've generally seen kind of universally it it um it, it it depress across both uh both uh B2C as well as um uh in business to business. That said, because of the, the longer sales cycles that you'll see in B2B, depending if we're talking about software and other things, there's a lot that can be done in a quarter, in intra-year, where they can depress uh, and move marketing spend from one, one quarter or one year to the next year, and then do a lot in incentives and SaaS and other things to basically boost and get through a 12, 18 month period where marketing spend gets depressed and they do a lot on incentives and, and, and put their their upsell team into that, if that gotcha. makes sense.
1: That's a good point.
2: Yeah.
1: Hey, Eric, um, hold on for a second because we've got some words from our sponsors and listeners, please don't go
0: away. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. topseos.com the independent authority on search vendors
3: ready to do a podcast for your business make that podcast elevate to enterprise level let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email B R. ASCO at wmr.fm
2: Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy to use site management tools and powerful do it your way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a
0: faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella, And we're back with Eric Wheeler of 33 Across
1: talking about um, an impending economic event, the potential recession that we're looking at and the uh, effect it might have on digital marketers and digital uh, (coughs) sellers. Um, Eric, we just talked about B2B and B2C. I, I can see and, and your advice for B2B, um, certainly of cementing relationships and making sure that um, they're they're solid enough to weather any storm is is good. Um what what can B2C uh companies do to solidify the relationships they have with their customers? Yeah, so the example of General Motors is is you know,
2: while it's aggressive in the in the short term, what what they're doing, the long term what they're doing is setting themselves for setting themselves up for success in a in an electronic vehicle world. And the, the question is for us and the listenership is what are we doing to make ourselves, although maybe some short-term pain related to pullbacks, what are we doing in the long term to drive success and position the company uh, for ultimately long-term success? And that's the key for Once you've got an idea from, when you've got a plan and you start to think about this, you put it in context of the short term, the next, you know, 12, 18 months. But once you peel back to 24 and 48 months, you start to say, well, what are the things going to be driving our business? And you can actually focus, it might even bring more clarity to the business about where you really think the growth drivers are going to be from a a business standpoint and how do you set yourself up to not only weather it, but actually maybe even come out
1: ahead. Gotcha. Are there any possibilities for changing the offering mix? Um, let's say a digital agency is focused on um, display and search. Uh, does it make sense for them to consider mixing up uh, mi- or adding to the mix uh, maybe even uh, uh, offline services? Yeah, so I mean, um my 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 tradition my background came from
2: agencies. I I've built my own agency uh, with Kate Everett and a few others in nineteen ninety eight called Lot Twenty One. We sold that to Kara. I started out in B2B marketing. Um, you know, so I I've, I've looked at the there there's two I've looked at this a couple different ways. My advice on that is kind of two ways. One, um, if you have relationships with clients from an agency standpoint and you have the experience where you you have the team that you know you can count on to deliver more services, to do more creative, to do other other things beyond what your core base is. That is a good time to expand and grow those relationships because you can probably offer more efficiency. The same team is going to now apply across all these channels, be able to drive this for you. And that's probably something that that agency who uh, that client who trusts you is going to be responsible responsive to that agency offering. However. I also strongly believe I think it was Sam Pamasano at IBM who said, you know, I think his family was uh they were they were bakers and you know his his point was, you know, is what are we selling today? Well, we're selling what's on the bread truck. Hmm. You you sell what you got. Right. And sell what you're good at. And the last time you want to be kind of making uh, you know, trying new stuff where you're not 100% sure that you can execute on it is at the time in which you could potentially piss off and, and, and damage a, a really important relationship. Gotcha. So these are, these are careful things. So, uh, you know, I, I think the way I look at that is adjacency. And if you've got something where you have leadership, you know, known skills and people and the trust of a client, start small, build it out, and incrementally build that stuff in month over month, quarter over quarter, and make sure you can walk first, then run.
1: Gotcha Hey, you know a lot of um, I, I'm not sure what the percentage is, but I'd be I'd guess maybe thirty percent forty percent of our listeners are consultants who um, don't have an agency but they have an agency like business, and uh, they are uh, you know as, u- as usual, the consultancy is uh, trying to divide their time between doing the work and and uh, bringing in new business. Any special advice for them? Well, I think the um in any time you've got a consultant and I've been
2: I've been in that situation as well, and it's uh it's tough because you, you actually have to be constantly pitching business while servicing the business, yeah, right? right? And that is that's the agency world and it's also the consulting world, right? And so when I'm when I'm done delivering this project, oh now I'm also gonna you know, now I get to pitch this, you know, the next project to the next person. So you're always thinking about that. So the way I look at that is kind of a uh, almost like a kind of layer cake or lasagna so you start to la- in the in in the, in the more of each the larger you can make each one of the consulting agreements and stretch out that both length and depth of that agreement the more stability you're going to have and not have to kind of cover off uh and you want to get above kind of 50% of that cake being renewing uh month over month quarter over quarter right. if not to 60 or 65% so the pressure comes down on having to kind of replace that recurring uh, that recurring revenue um, from a from an offering standpoint. Um, that said, one of the things you can do as a consultant is you have so much control over price. And so much more compared to an agency mm-hmm. who has so much more overhead. They have, you know, they've got the 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 TNE, they've got the the expense of the building, they've got all the they gotta pay for meals and drives home and all this other stuff. They have to have a certain staff cost multiplier. You won't have that nowhere near. So if you can this is the time to say, hey, let's take a look at an agreement. This your agreement may be six months maybe one quarter maybe one year let's look at stretching it to 18 i'll give you a different rate here we'll give you that or maybe even take it worth 50 percent of this is going to be based off of uh uh based off of um you know cost plus and what my fees are the other other 50 is going to be based off performance and determine what the performance KPIs are going to be. And you tie your results to that. In a down market, and you guys know this better than anybody, when you can align with the goals of a CFO, which is we need insert marketing objective, right? We need more sold widgets. We need more of this. We need more bread sold. Fine. We will tie our experience to that. Most large agencies, even mid-sized agencies, aren't able to do that. They just can't. So... you, and then you, then you can just figure out what's your specialty, what are the things that you do that you can block out and that you can cover. To me, that's where you have – remember, you have the flexibility. As long as you're comfortable, you have to take a little bit of risk, but you're aligning with that client to take that risk. Good point.
1: Yeah. Hey, Eric, um, hold on for a second because we have more words from our sponsors and listeners. Good stuff here. Don't go away.
0: PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors.
3: hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing, thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm, webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO, to affiliate marketing, to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: We're everywhere.
0: The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. and
1: we're back headed into the home stretch with Eric Wheeler of Thirty Three Across. Uh, Eric, uh, good thoughts for the the consultants in the audience. Um, another portion of our audience are in-house practitioners. So basically, they are uh, part of a medium to large size large size company. Uh, They're part of the marketing department uh, or the the e-commerce department, and they're just kind of hunkered down doing their job. Um, Anything special they can do to make sure that they keep their job?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, something I learned a long time ago is look busy. (laughs) <laughs> right, so you want you want to get in early. You want to walk quickly. You want to carry a notebook and a pen, uh, and and a, uh, have your watch. If anybody asks if you have, I'm totally joking here. But if you have, if anybody asks, uh, you know, if you can make a meeting, no, you're you're totally booked. So you just gotta look busy. Um, but the the this the 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 real thing, I think, for the all joking aside for the for the internal is the more that you're aligning with that that point about the CFO and you understand in a down market, it's gonna be a down market for everybody. It's gonna be a down market for Google, it's gonna be a down market for Amazon, it's gonna be a down market for Facebook, everybody. So you have the opportunity, client side, when you're inside and you're working as part of that organization, just to, to hold everybody to a new standard. And say, hey, we're taking a look at everything. And you might do business with all three, but maybe consolidation with just two of these partners makes sense, right? And you can do a lot to actually apply that pressure. And if you can, if you can extract more value with less spend, uh, you're, you're winning. You're absolutely driving value for your, your business, and you're doing this in a way that aligns with the marketing objectives for your business unit as well as the CFO's goal to do this with less cost. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Well, in, in the last few minutes we have, let's pop back up to the, the agency owner role. Um, they are petrified now. Um, the ones that are listening, because because you've convinced them. Um, where should they go for for uh, more information about how they can stay in business and and maybe even prosper? Um. Well, I, I you know, one of the
2: things I've found um, that's been the most helpful for me as an executive is I've I've actually built my own uh, uh, my own networking group of other CEOs. Gotcha. And, and and part of what that does uh, is uh, the the advice that you get from uh, from each other is invaluable right and so when you're in your own business you, you an ability to either share uh, share feedback on certain situations share you know how did you handle this that that's not only is that cathartic in tough times but it's also actually incredibly valuable right so that's one thing I would do second I would I would really kind of Uh, As I mentioned about the plan, as long as you've got a recession plan and you're thinking about how you're going to execute it, you're ahead of probably 95% of the people that have just gone ahead thinking the world. You know that's the definition of insanity, right? When you keep doing the same thing right. and expecting, you know, different results. Right. So the fact that you are prepared is is really that's it. Uh, that's the most important. And the third is that you don't just take it on yourself, but you distribute that in your organization so everybody understands the incentives. Everybody's aligned to those incentives. Uh, and 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 it's the worst when you take it on yourself and then and everyone else doesn't understand kind of the operating model that we're going to hit. Um, but on the flip side, when you're too, when you're transparent and you're transparent with clients, you're transparent with your team about what we're doing and why and how we're gonna get through, believe me, that trust is what is what makes people stay. People stay at companies because they believe in the business, they believe in leadership, and they they like the people they work with. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're able to address all those things, even in tough times, nobody wants to, most of our most of our employees, have children thinking about having children fam all these other you know fixed costs they don't want to move they want to they want to win so make it easy for them just like with your clients to lock arms with you and go to war right and it's just a constant reminder a constant way to do that and if you've got a plan you won't freak out it's just tweaking it's it's actually um it's uh you know it, it I think the, the you in one way you you really should be operating almost as if there's a recession happening all the time because it's <laughs> it's good practice it's why why you know why wouldn't you know who your best customers are and cross sell upsell why wouldn't you be dedicating uh in trying to align with a better uh performance based uh incentives though so if we deliver and over deliver on the goals you pay us those types of things It's just you might dial it up and dial it down depending on the time uh the the overall uh market. Uh, kind of economic situation.
1: Right. I'm I'm reminded of uh, I worked at Apple Computer in the um, late 80s and early 90s, and uh, uh, John Scully was running the company at the time. And um, a couple of times he put us through an exercise where he said, the company's doing great, but, you know, we need to go through an exercise which says, let's pretend we're not doing great and uh, what kind of we, we need to cut resources 10% across the board we need to cut people and we need to cut expenses so uh, let's pretend that we have a crisis and um, go ahead and do that and uh, the company always it, it, was, it was very painful because we knew it was just an exercise but we had to do it anyway but we always came out stronger
2: yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, there's the, there's the cost side of this and, and how do you create alignment in the organization for everybody to look for that cost, not just top down. There's the other side of this, which is your customers. And I think it was John chambers at Cisco. He did an amazing job of, you know, every week he was talking to his top 10 customers, top 20 customers every week. Yeah. Right. Like, how do you know that? Cause I had a call with him last Tuesday and I'll tell you we're good, at least for another week. And that rigor is stuff that just uh, will 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 cement you in into I think a more comfortable position because you know in a in a mudslide it's very hard to predict right the ground is moving so if you're marketing in a mudslide and everything's moving and the grounds under your feet moving what do you do well you focus on the the things you know which are the relationships you have the commitments you have the costs you have and your ability to kind of forecast and you start really the first 30 50 100 feet out and you start to move out from there um and once you've got that rigor and, and you've got it in your team it's something that you actually you'll probably never go back to we did something we we a few years ago we had a major change in our business and we switched from one uh what kind of a an advanced data-driven ad network business to the supply this quality supply business that we have today and uh in the process we went, we dropped the company 70 people uh-huh. and uh i had lost complete trust uh with with the remaining 30 people that were here because like you just fired you know seven out of 10 of us Right. and uh you know uh why should i believe you and it's it was fair but what i said to them like how do we how do we know what's going to happen next i said well i tell you what when you when i see revenue you'll see revenue good and point. so what started is every day at 8 a.m. and at 8 p.m., we look at revenue. Everybody in the entire company sees exactly the revenue we have, where it came from, from what. And I did it because I had to, because they didn't trust me. But it actually transformed something culturally for us where, where I don't have to go, you know, call a meeting to then say to some of my direct reports, um, hey, our, our, the TPS report says our revenue was down and we need to do this. They're on it. They see if there's something down and they're, they're mobilizing. Let's get that back up or on the flip side what they're doing they're saying oh they have total pride because hey that's the new partner i just launched that's my new initiative that's my new technology i just rolled out look at that and it's become an a a a part of our culture because now this is a heartbeat that every 12 hours for every you know seven days a week that's going and everybody's checking it it's not because they feel like they have to they're just vested and when you, when you, when you spread that out across your company, and I think particularly in the age of the employees that we have these days that are so interested in understanding the company and being connected to it, when you give them that connective tissue, they really take to it. Yep. And you'll be surprised at how much they innovate and really kind of just automatically organize to solve problems. Got to let go a little bit, but in that actually magic happens. Right.
1: Hey, Eric, um, uh, you have uh, succeeded at, uh, petrifying me and probably a big part of the audience, <laughs> but it is. Don't uh, be scared. No, no, no. You've, you've, uh, you've opened my eyes uh, and I'm sure, um, listeners will agree, but, um, you know, you've also provided some good advice that gives, give us, uh, hope that we'll be among, among the few that, uh, are clued in. Yeah. I mean, this is how you thrive. This is how you thrive through it for sure. Right. right? Well, thank you, Eric. I really appreciate your coming on and, uh, let's uh let's keep in touch and and thrive together you got it thank you so
2: much for the opportunity you're welcome
1: thank All you right. listeners and uh come on back in a couple weeks for another episode of PPC rockstars